1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: This podcast
2: is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello. This is a message from Kerry and Rona, who are archers and Dumpty Dum fans from Guernsey. Recently on our holiday at Pyramid Lake in Jasper, we recorded this for
3: you. <laughs>
4: Thank you, <laughs> uh, Lucy. Do you see the? Did you hear the joy in people's I know. voices? There, and they just
5: climbed a sodding mountain as well. They're very vigorous. Exactly, yeah, they it's altitude
4: soft... sickness. They're just going, mm. lally. Well, they sounded like happy dumpty dummers, unlike that miserable item, yeah. lot in New York last <laughs> week. The line is coming to an end. Oh, oh.
5: But the but thing any- is, we did it before we'd had a drink. If we'd done it at the end, it would have been like the Folly Berger, no doubt.
4: Well, there mm-hmm. you go. That's a fundamental error made there. Yeah. One thing I never make on my meetups, just saying. Right. Folks, this is Dumbly Dump, the show about the reality drama that are centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the Jolly Family Board Game. That is Roy Field-Brown. And with me, I have the screaming Monopoly tantrum that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Escape from Atlantis, folks, is you. Now, this week's dumdy Dum was sent in by Kerry and Rona, who interrupted their very own holiday to record it. And we thank them for that, don't we, Luce? We do. Yes. Now, Lucy, if any of our listeners would like to send us in a dumdy Dum or become a caller in how can they do that?
5: If you would like to leave us your thoughts or a plot prediction, sing us a Dumpty Dum or describe your prosperous, idyllic home and business-owning family as very unlucky, leave us a message on SpeakPipe <laughs> via dot com or call us on oh two oh three oh three one three one oh five. This week, we need to thank Shambridge for her amazing voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, Cosmo for his episode roundups. And to so Derek, alone in the back bedroom, uh, Derek is supporting Jazza in giving up smoking. Uh, Derek is an ex-smoker himself, and was never happier than when he had his lips rounded in he was Cuban.
4: <laughs> Sorry, I, I laughed at a turn. I, I read ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's what Robert
5: does. He suddenly goes oh, like
4: this, like makes me jump. I don't watch. He says, "I'm just reading." <laughs> uh, on this week's show, folks, uh, we only have three calls, oh, or even two.
5: It's because they all peak too soon, you see. They all rang in last week, and then they're all too exhausted to ring in again Well,
4: this week. what I have to do, I feel like a whip in the House of Commons. I know. I, I, I have to whip callers into shape. Like, come on, <laughs> come on, get into those lobby rooms. I mean, get on the calls and whatever. Yeah, it's like, come on, people. We've only been doing this approximately 250 times. You know the drill. <laughs> you know that we record on either Mondays or Tuesdays. So you've got the weekend... When you haven't got a shed load of things on, you know, you've got a Sunday afternoon. Why don't people just call it on Sunday afternoon, Lucy? I don't know. Because the other thing is They're about... they should on... I think. Doing what? Sleep. On a Sunday afternoon. That's yes. what Sunday nights are invented for. No, Sunday uh, afternoon Sunday afternoon
5: is the nice nap after your
4: Sunday. So, so Well, when do you have your constitutional...
5: Um, you have your constitutional straight after lunch, and then you come back and say, I'll just have a cup of tea, put the kettle on, you make a cup of tea, and then fall asleep while it goes cold next to you. That's what you do.
4: But then when do you watch uh, Sunday afternoon football? You don't. Or when do you watch uh, that movie with the family on Netflix?
5: Um, well, you can go to sleep while they're watching it. That's what I do. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, i tell you what. I saw Venom last night in the cinema. That's got the appalling Everyman.
5: reviews. What was it like? Oh,
4: Lucy, I had such a great sleep. I'm telling you, what <laughs> a pile of rubbish. <laughs> I recommend it for anyone who's having trouble sleeping. Oh, God. And you know me, I love a superhero film. It, I don't understand because I read that it had bad reviews. And also... I've seen that, oh, it's actually not that bad. And because it's superheroes, you know, I just trot along just on yeah. principle. But I, I call, I'm honest though, I'm an honest fanboy. When it's rubbish, it's rubbish. And yeah. boy, oh boy, I slept through easily two thirds of that. Thank <laughs> you for that. You know what? <laughs> Everyman Theatre, you know, it was worth every penny. I was slept so soundly. <laughs> Good grief, yeah, it was bad. With the duvet and the pillow and the... <laughs> oh, no, exactly, because it's an everyman. So you really are comfy seats yeah, and they bring yeah. your food to, your, to yeah. your table and everything. I ate the food and I just went, right, I'm sleeping. I thank don't...
6: you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Woke up just as the, uh, the credits were going up. Superb. <laughs> what an appalling film, folks. And the thing is, that Tom Hardy, he normally is, he yeah. does good stuff. But... Yeah,
5: but he probably needed a new conservatory or something, didn't he?
4: <laughs> hardly likely hardly likely but but loose goodness um we've had a lovely diversion but on this week's episode we have calls from Vicky oh I love Vicky Cole oh, I know. did you see a little face at the do and everything oh she's so lovely and Amy Gilbert who I love equally but first before all of that good stuff uh you need to brace yourself folks you need to like grab onto your sofas it's our Lucy and a week in Ambridge.
5: We began the week with Adam's throbbing voice. No, I can't have another rasher of bacon, Ian. I haven't got time. <laughs> This was followed rather unpleasantly by Monty Snell doing his own ginormous Snell on the green, which was spotted by Pat. Robert hurried to wrestle it into a plastic bag before Pat tried to knit it. Well, this week we found out who runs Lower Loxley. Geraldine. Jesus, she's a busy woman. She trims back the treetop walk, organises children's treasure hunt, sprays the grapes, cuts, burts corns. Does she sleep? Or does she just wander lower locksley wearing a fluorescent vest, slashing randomly at things with a scythe while frantically typing one-handed on her laptop? Mm-hmm. And now the week's biggest storyline. Harassment likes board games. He wants Kenton and Jolene to play the board game with him. Kenton and Jolene don't want to play the board game with Harassment. Can you spell anodyne? The game is called <laughs> Escape from Atlantis. You all have to dress up in a wetsuit and snorkel so Kenton won't need to change. Kenton has apparently been scarred by memories of his siblings sat around the writing desk. David throwing tantrums and storming off to the attic when no one will let him be the racing car. Elizabeth demanding a solicitor when she didn't get the results she wanted. Kenton reading the results, uh, no, Kenton reading the rules through a crackly PA system and Shula announcing that she'd suddenly completely gone off the game, but she couldn't quite explain why. (laughs) 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 Slowly driving Jenny mad, hanging around home farm like a fart in a phone box. Stop whinging, Brian. Have you played your PlayStation? Go and play golf. See if one of your friends wants to play. No, not Mandy Beesman. You can help me chop the vegetables if you promise to be careful. In the end, Brian got so bored, he remembered Brexit, and him and David went to a lecture on it, the upshot of which appeared to be that Brexit was either going to be very, very bad or very, very good. Well done, BBC.
0: Do you remember (laughs) at primary school
5: when you had 15 minutes morning playtime and if you played an imaginary game, it took you so long to establish all the rules and I'll be this and you be that. And then the bell went and you'd used up the whole playtime. That's a bridge farm planning meeting, that is. (laughs) They've now decided, based on, again, absolutely sod all, to make drinks out of nuts. Yes, not fruits, the nice, squishy, juicy things. Or even cows, the things that actually make the drink come out of them ready drinkable. But the hard, dehydrated, knobbly things. Perfect. Tom has asked if he can bring Natasha along to play the planning meeting game. And if that doesn't have her sprinting back to the Brecon Beacons, nothing will. Jill had an away day with Carol Toboggan. They went to see a play called Messiah, at which Jill mystifyingly laughed all the way through, apparently. So that must have been nice for all the Christians (laughs) in the audience. Her homecoming was marred by the discovery that the charitable Josh had killed all her chickens. Josh seemed more concerned about this than Jill did herself, but this is possibly because he was already quite distressed, having come across his father ambling around the village carrying a bin bag full of decapitated chickens. The rest of the family seemed adamant that Hootie was devastated at the loss of her flock. As far as I could tell, she was blithely unconcerned. "'She's hiding it! She's in (laughs) shock!' said David, over the noise of Jill singing, "'Free at last!' I think it's the best thing, really, said Jill. So immediately they all decided that they had to rebuild the chicken house, buy her new chickens, and generally not listen to what she'd just said. Anyway... Hootie had bigger things on her mind, namely her crazed youngest child, who is, as we speak, writing to the European Court of Human Rights and trying to persuade (laughs) Freddie (laughs) that if he wears a Hawaiian-style shirt and marries Winnie Mandela, he'd stand a better chance of getting out. The remaining archer children huddled together in the airing cupboard at Brookfield to have a quiet word about Elizabeth until Jill threw the door open and shouted, Aha! Found you! No, I don't want any more bloody chickens. Anyway, the upshot was they've decided to have a quiet word with Geraldine, of course, while she's retiling the orangery turns out too everyone in Ambridge is an erstwhile smoker Linda Hannah Jazzer asked Hannah which cigarette she missed most the one after sex she
4: said I was on (laughs) 20 a day (laughs) 20 that's good that's good she
5: invited Jazza around to play games with her and after he left left, asked if she could have a quick go on Tom's joystick does she never just want to have a quiet night watching Bake Off and the mystery remains about what theatrical riot Linda is planning I know I shouldn't care, but I've fallen for it, and I do. My money's on Animal Farm. Class war. Chris Carter can strip down and play the horse. Brian can play the capitalist pig. As long as whoever's playing the chicken steers clear of Josh, it should all be fine. And finally, Auntie Cardboard is safely installed in the laurels, with its adaptations and its fully flushing flushing lavatories, so that's a relief. She settled in after she (laughs) spotted someone she recognised in the lounge, said Lillian. It was Kathy Perks. She'd gone in there 18 months ago to drop some leaflets off about the aqua aerobics, and they wouldn't let her back out. I'm the manager of Gay Grables. she keeps saying, and they just say, of course you are, love. Let's <laughs> There's Poppy Cardigan on, and you can go and talk to Irene. She says she's Carol Vorderman. The end.
4: Oh, you know what? That was good this week. Much more, much more enjoyable than last week. <laughs> well done. I did review last week's Lucy, although on second hearing, didn't hold up, but this one fine. <laughs> Utter triumph. <laughs> talking about old You're people. You're so horrible. <laughs> talking <laughs> well, about what? It's the only thing I've approached into a bit of a gag on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, Talking about old people. Right? Mm. I didn't know this was a thing, right? Well, you know when people get dementia, yeah. uh, the, the first thing that goes is their short-term memory. Yeah. And then uh, their inhibitions. Yeah. So whatever comes onto their mind they just say it yeah do it yeah but it's a real problem with with um people in early onset of alzheimer's dementia and them being outrageously sexual yeah i I didn't know this
5: well it's all part of disinhibition isn't it
4: yeah no it makes complete and utter sense but if you don't have to think about this stuff well well why would you think about it There are actually special wards and beds for, for people like this. It's just, you know, the things that the poor older folk have to go through and yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. you just, your dignity just gets stripped away. with This horrible, horrible, horrible disease. Ooh, yeah. I'm sure that's not going on in the laurels, though. Not with no. our Auntie Chris. <laughs> I don't think
5: anyone has sex in Ambridge apart from Hannah. So I don't no. think it's happening in the old people's
4: so. home. No, there's, there's, there's lots of sex in Ambridge. <laughs> um, you know, apart from Tom and Hannah, I think Robert and Linda, you know, they, they, they still have oh, a yeah. congress, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah and definitely. there's Neil and Susan. There's, there's loads yeah. of it, loads of it, loads of it. But that's two people, right. yeah. Well, no, I'll just give you three couples. I tell you, the one couple which feels totally devoid of any sexual passion or frisson, is is Ian and um, what's his face? Adam, Ian and Adam. You never Can I just get... Say listeners, before mm-hmm. we started this show, Royfield was
5: um, quietly sort of. We were chatting about what had happened in the week, and we mentioned Adam Macy, and he went, "Bloody Adam Macy! I don't give a shit what happens to him."
1: You
0: He
4: said he's an old bore. He said you've got a real thing about Adam. Oh, no, don't, don't say that. I'm trying to trying to get the actor on the show notes. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you didn't say the actor was a real bore. You said Adam was.
4: <laughs> hmm, yeah, I, I did. I did I, he just, there is nothing going on there. there but is as long a, as you yeah. don't
5: say, oh, Adam's always been one of our favourites, because that's
4: <laughs> a that palpable lie. So, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll be honest and I'll say, you know, I'll be polite and I'll say, you divide opinion, you know, that. <laughs> People can't decide whether they hate you or loathe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whether you just bore them all to sleep. <laughs> like a good Venom movie. Yeah, good um, well. Right. Uh, Adam and the Black Grass. Who cares about that? Now, um, <laughs> Elizabeth's frustrated search for the solicitors. I did, no, no, stop with you. Uh, right. That, that was good because it is the one thing which well, is actually keeping her going. And she does say, and yeah. I don't know, Jill or somebody says that, you know. Um, she needs that, doesn't she? Because, and I, last week I said I was really hard on some character and I forgot to say I was really hard on Elizabeth as well. Because she did lose her hubby. You know, I know she's in a big stately pile and she's got shed loads of cash and stuff, but she did love Nigel. She did lose him. Um, She's, you know, she has tried her best to be a mother and the kids have slightly gone off the rails. At least one of of them has anyway. And um, it's all just, you know, weighing somewhat heavily on her. And this is what's keeping her going. Well, we had an
5: email from Welsh Witch about it. Oh,
4: yeah. Does she She say say exactly the same thing?
5: No, she said, I do have a little bit of sympathy for her, Mm. having been in a similar uh, position myself. Mm-hmm. And yes, I did go into helicopter parent mode. Yes, I did explore all possibilities, but at least I knew when I was being told that it was a hopeless case. Elizabeth seems to be deaf and blind to the neglect that Lower Loxley seems to be suffering at the moment.
4: Well, there are enough uh, minions like Geraldine who's just come out of the woodwork uh, <laughs> to keep that business going. So I wouldn't worry about Lower Loxley massively. But I don't know, I
5: mean, if if... if... If the staff are noticing that things are going wrong, like Bert said, um, a tour group was booked in and two turned up at once and then no one turned up for the first one. And no ones you know, if no one sprays the grapes and the grapes get um, mold or mildewy stuff and then they can't make the wine. So she's absolutely living in the moment because... With a business like Lower Loxley, any event business, you have to think at least a year or two years ahead.
4: That is true. Um, you know, she and... needs to employ Roy. Get Roy back, he'll sort yeah. of it out. Yeah. Where is Roy?
5: Isn't is he at the uh, health club? Yeah, no, I mean where why haven't we heard from him?
4: It's probably in some And what's happening about somewhere. the the
5: pregnancy thing? Mm. Mm-hmm. He's still trying to get Skype to connect. Hello, Lexi. Hello. <laughs> I think. Um, <laughs> um, I think because for her, every minute that every minute longer that Freddie is in prison, she's imagining worse and worse and worse things. She can't think any further than getting him out. So you know, talking about Christmas, talking about. You know, the the most she got to forward planning was when she said to Oliver, "The good thing about children is that they don't drink alcohol." And I thought, to be honest, if I was trapped on the treetop walk at Lower Locksley, even if I was six, um, I'd want a fairly stiff v- smirnoff with me. But anyway, um, uh, and that's you know that at the moment everything she's thinking like she's thinking immediately for Freddie, and she's thinking about a month ahead for Lower Locksley, but for that business not to to collapse completely. Mm. It needs to be. So I think Lily will end up um, uh, chucking up her course and will come back and um, help Elizabeth take over the business.
4: Uh, I think that is a stunning plot prediction. In fact, we have Mm. another
5: plot prediction. Goodness. Slightly more alarming from Mm. Beth from Rhode Island, who said, I predict the following sequence of events. Lily becomes pregnant with twins. Russ abandons her for someone younger and richer. Using the connections he has met, this gets a bit fanciful now. (laughs) Now Younger. I was, I was, I was, I was point three. I know. Using the connections he's made while being locked up, Freddie puts out a hit on Russ. (laughs)
4: Russ
5: Russ turns up dead in Ambridge, mysteriously tied up in the long lost bunting. Harrison (laughs) receives an anonymous message, giving him enough information to arrest um, Ellis for the murder and the theft of the bunting. Ellis is locked up for twenty years, despite protesting his innocence. Harrison is a hero, and Ambridge's crime crime clearance rates have never looked so good. Freddie is heard in the background, quietly laughing to himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elizabeth, I think you've possibly watched one too many um, episodes of uh, a police procedural, but I do think that uh, Lily getting pregnant or Russ abandoning her, either of either or, uh, is probably quite likely. And I do think that she's going to come back and run lower lock sleep while Elizabeth has a quiet nervous breakdown.
4: You know probably quite a
5: noisy nervous breakdown. Yes. I, mean,
4: I always say each week, you know, off the mic, I say, oh, you're so awesome, you're so clever, you're so funny, but you have just put your proper clever hat and clever boots on there, haven't you? Because I think that's exactly what's going to happen.
5: But you know every single one of my plot predictions, how long no, did I go on for the last, epi- the last word of the Christmas episode being happy Christmas, puss cat? And it never happened. So, you
0: know.
5: <laughs> I held out for that for months. I was banging on no, about that.
4: This one feels good because why we had all this foreshadowing with her with uh, Lily being so good running yeah. the business. She understands yeah, it yeah. inside out. Arguably, yeah. intuitively, much more than her mother. Yeah. By the way, why are they still doing that stupid wine? That was always just a little plaything of Nigel's, wasn't it? I know.
5: I don't know. Well, I suppose once you've got all the grapes, you've got to do something with them.
4: <laughs> I suppose
5: mm. it's a gimmick. I mean, are they still allowed to do that, though, with the loss of the licence?
4: Huh. Well done. You might have spotted a little bit of a flaw there in the script writer's uh, shenanigans. Well done. I'm sure baby. I haven't. We'll
5: Listen, just wait, we'll just wait hat, now for Kerry boots. to tweet us.
4: <laughs> you've now put on your clever gloves. Well done. <laughs> I've right, now... got
5: clever gloves and a clever hat. This yeah, and excellent. clever boots. I have a whole clever outfit.
4: <laughs> clever Wearing nothing else, but anyway. <laughs> I left the camera on again <laughs> exactly uh, now I ramble d- d- all, all that Elizabeth stuff mm. um, just a slight extension to what I said last week and I, and I won't dwell on it but we did see all the siblings coming together in a way that um a good decent extended family would uh, nice uh you know uh, us people that live in extended families like all that stuff uh, It's very good move on from that now um can I,
5: can I? Can I? I have a big issue I need to talk about.
4: Ooh, oh, oh, oh. and than you didn't Brexit, remind me, maybe? but I've
5: remembered anyway. No, it's not. For fuck's sake, no, it's not Brexit. Um, Were you part of the seven hundred thousand? I wasn't actually. No. Why not? Uh, because kind my son, future is hanging in the balance, and you weren't there. My son went to his climbing class and did a mm-hmm. shoulder stand and went sideways on his neck and couldn't move his head. Fair. So. I was slightly <laughs> anxious. it had to wait. Yes, that I had a son <laughs> with an extendable neck, which wasn't ideal. But anyway, mm-hmm. All um, right. he's now fine. Um, uh, you know Inkborough, where the Bull Pub is. It's near the. Yes. It's near where they record. It's near the mailbox, It's near where they record the archers, and it's a little. Vi- is it a village or yes, yeah, a little it's, village? is it yeah. Well, guess what the name of the doctor's surgery is in Inkbarrow?
4: Uh, the Laurels, the Stables. Grey Gables. You'll stop it. No. How believable is that, really? Are you just making that stuff up now, Lucy?
5: Nope. I can't publish it uh, officially, but I can send you the picture of the doctor that is the uh, one of the GPs at the Gay Grables Doctor Surgery in Inkbarrow. Is
4: he Northern? She. No. Is the doctor Northern?
5: <laughs> no, she isn't. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm not letting you get away with it. No, no I said, hey, <laughs> not because I think that all doctors should be male. It's because our doctor is male. That's right. the reason why I said that. Don't think that I'm... That, which reminds me, right? Mm. Now, because I know we slightly have to fill in this episode, right? So... Um, no, we
5: don't. I haven't done my other big issue yet. I've got loads okay, of time. Okay, whilst you're, whilst you're doing
4: coffee. that... Uh, Lucy, I just happened to be minding my own business the other day, and as you do, you do a bit of vanity searching, right? Do you? Well, come on, we've all done it. Stop it, right? You can't work uh, in the media and not say I'm going to have a look and see what people have said about what me or what I do. We've all done it.
5: I genuinely uh, haven't. But oh, anyway, you're sorry, but I haven't. Well, every now and then... Anyway, more... carry on. So what happened? What happened?
4: So I was minding my own business. doing a little oh, said yes, so de- dum. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I was hor- horrified, right? And then I did I did burst out laughing somewhat. Right. I'm just just going to this. Just, just bear with me. I really should have set this up before. But um, this show is cobbled together at the best of times. And it's just a random disjointed... Uh, collection of thoughts and then yeah so here i am right minding my own business Let, let's have a look and see what people have been saying about the old uh, about the old dumpty dum and then like i was having a look at looking at our reviews lucy we've got oh. reviews from germany japan the states new zealand australia it's like it's bloody hell. You look, at, you look at our reviews and it's like the UN Security Council for countries. Wow. It, it really is impressive because a little flag comes up next to when that person's written mm-hmm. a review. Right. Uh, so from the United States, two out of ten, Jezebel, persistent problem. R. Brown is one of those men who doesn't realise or care he's a deep down misogynist. It's a shame because Lucy is fun to listen to. She needs a less chauvinist co-host. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't agree with you more jezebel <laughs> I'm, I'm taking myself off for some counseling i'm telling you i am part of the patriarchy and proud and like you know it needs to be knocked out of me jezebel thank you for uh you know for saying what other listeners wouldn't calling it out Jezebel. Yeah, exactly well thank you for that jezebel right um i'm now i'm uh, doing
5: my thing now
4: yes go on you do your thing.
5: Okay. Right. I am worried about saying this. Oh, God. Okay. I'm gonna say it anyway. All right. Everybody says that Hannah <laughs> I know she you know, she's rude and she's not very nice, about mm. but there's her her and I did this big blah, blah 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 last week about how good it is that she's so um uh, assertive sexually and she's relaxed about it and she's genuinely, you know, at peace with herself and what she wants in terms of her sex life as a woman and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But there was something really chiming wrong about what she did with um um Jazza. Jazza. Yeah. When she oh, there was just something really manipulative about it. It hadn't crossed Tom's mind that Jazza might still have a thing for Hannah.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So she then introduced that into Tom's mind, and there was no need to do that she could have she could have just gone and had a quiet word with Jazza she made it very clear to Jazza that he wasn't wanted anymore now Tom was there um I think she plays power games and um i don't think i th- i don't th- that's not that's not proper sexual assertiveness it's that's just being a cow. <laughs> basically and um, but there was something that level of manipulation was Mm -hmm. quite I didn't like it there was a big alarm bell ringing and I really really didn't like it and I can't tell whether I'm hoping that's not me being unable to deal with a sexually assertive woman I really don't think it is I hope it isn't for goodness sake Um, but I and I and I hope it's not just that I've read the scene wrong Because of something I saw in the scene that wasn't. You you, you
4: didn't. You you read it spot on. Did you think so too? I I thought it was um, let's say at best not nice, at my most Mm. polite. The way that as soon as Tom walked in, then all of a sudden she wanted to get rid of Jazza. Yeah. You know, she spent the whole evening with him. It's not as if he was like hitting on her or anything like no. that. He was he was just being pleasant. There he was. Then all of a sudden, Tom comes in and it's goes. Oh yeah, I'm tired now. Bye bye. And, yeah. and actually, I think um, they are playing a blinder with the character of Hannah. So they've got us all cheering from the sidelines, saying she's sexually confident and whatever. But actually, she feels much more for Tom. Than, than she's letting on. I'm not saying yeah. she's in love with him or anything like that, but there is more going on on her side because if this is just a case of, well, um, this is just friends with benefits, you can stop up till all hours, play your game with Jazza and then uh, you just tap on Tom's door at one um, yeah. o'clock in the morning, jump in.
5: Yeah, yeah. But
4: no, she actually likes Tom. She likes to spend time with Tom. Yeah. And that, well, she, And
5: also she could be one of those people. It's not just women. It's people that... that Want they don't mind whether the person actually is into them or not? No, they don't. They their own feelings about the person are immaterial. The important thing is that the person wants them, and they'll do anything to keep that
4: going. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know that that just having attention in and of itself is um, the you know a goal, isn't it?
5: But also, there's something really rotten about saying to someone else. That you're intimate with, or oh, that person fancies me, or even uh, you know, in this case, I, I'm, you know, he used to fancy me. Well, I can't tell now whether he still fancies me or not. And you think, don't talk about it. It's, it's not his, it's not Tom's business. It, that's between you and Jazza. And you know, you don't, don't, don't talk mm. about it. It's well, humiliating for the other person, isn't
4: it? Mm, I, 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 I'm somewhat more, uh, you know, on the fence about that because you could argue that it's just a certain level of, of openness, just like uh, she can say to Tom, well, I fancy, who's that bloke, Rowan or whatever the heck his name was, I yeah. can't remember. And then Tom, Tom's kind of going after Natasha. It's on that level of just, I'm just being honest and whatever. So
5: No, but she's not because she's, if if you fancy someone and they don't fancy you, mm-hmm. you are in the vulnerable position. And as the person in the powerful position, i.e. the person being fancied if you're a decent human being you respect the fact that the person fancies you and you can't do anything about it because you don't fancy them so you're just nice to them but that you know you make the position very clear you don't gossip about it with other people well I don't know that's a bit got shitty got I
4: think. gossiping about it i i think mm. it was um a throwaway i don't know it's throwaway is the right word it was a a a comment to Tom. It wasn't
5: throwaway. It was absolutely no, no, calculated. no. It wasn't, and I, and
4: I and I pulled that back. But but it was a well. Mm, I don't know. All I do know is that the very fact that she parcelled Jazza out of there too sweet yeah. tells me you like spending time with Tom, in and out of the sack. Yeah. And there is, you know, there is much more feeling, emotion going on there, even though Tom might just be, you know, available nookieage and whatever. But yeah. there's much more going on, and it painted her out to be a colder and more cynical person. Other than, hey, I'm just a liberated woman in my late twenties, mm-hmm. early thirties, and I, and I can uh, and I can be a stereotypical guy inverted commas in that way there's much more going on and and I think that the script writers are probably probably depending on where this goes playing a blinder with this because as I said we all cheer from the sidelines because she's sexually liberated and confident but none of us like her no you know, we're not going whoop de doo, you go for it, girl. We go, but yeah. we don't like you.
5: Yeah. And, well, and I, you keep away from Neil, you keep away
4: from her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. You know, having a goat, poor Emma, and whatever. And she's yeah. been in the village all yeah. of her life just wanting a home. Yeah. And who the hell are you just, just waltzing yeah. in? Yeah. And when we were at the Dumby Dum Live, uh, Kerry, I think Kerry uh, misdirected us when he said, we were brought in the character of Hannah and she wasn't, sp- you know, we didn't think she was going to be disliked. It, the story just turned out that way. I think it was deliberate. I think they set yeah. out to, to bring in a confident woman, we, which can play up to all of our sensibilities and say, yay, go for it, girl. But Then actually yeah. make her subtly unlikable. Yeah. Yeah. Because actually, literally, the first thing she did, remember, was to reject Jazza. As, yeah. You know, Jazz has heard she was back yeah. in the village. Yeah, you know, and what would have made us love her more than her saying, "All right, Jazz, let's give it a go." Yeah, Carrie's a liar. I'm never going to have him on the show again.
0: Lucy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you're listening, Mister Davies. <laughs> right, so, uh, so. Um, Think about
5: this that we don't take it personally, eh, Roy? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
4: Uh, we gotta do some calls, you know. Yeah, you know what? We we best add because I'm still reeling from from me being a deep down misogynist. You know, I just yeah, I'll go off and uh, cry somewhere. All right, and let's have a bit of this.
2: Hello,
6: Ambridge three nine six two.
4: Let's go to the Isle of Wight or is it Sri Lanka? Both of them are islands, I suppose.
6: Hi, everybody. This is Vicky Cole. I did send an email last week, but it may have got lost if the website was misbehaving. It was just saying thank you, thank you, thank you for the Birmingham weekend. I loved it. It was so nice to see some old friends and make some new ones. Um, And it was just wonderful to be there. Thank you very, very much. Um, I did actually then listen to the podcast of the recording and I did pick up, up a few things that I'd missed when it was live so um do do go back and have another listen if you haven't Uh, it was great thank you um so josh i think david went completely over the top Mm. to josh about the milking with johnny um just out of all proportion um and, and the only thing i can think of is that maybe this is so that when it was compounded by everybody being cross with him about the hens josh josh is going to build up a sort of simmering resentment against everybody and it will spur him on to doing something dramatic like leaving the farm i don't know i remember josh being born he is one day younger than my son i remember being in hospital and listening to that episode very clearly it was very hot i think (laughs) um the other thing that i am looking forward to and i I think is just uh that, that the seeds have been sown is when they find out that peggy is paying for christine because it's going to be very hard for them to make a fuss without looking heartless and money-grabbing. I I think that's going to be quite entertaining when the time comes. Anyway, lots of love to everybody, and uh, I'll I'll call in again soon. Bye now.
4: What was that noise in the background? Is that the breaking waves?
5: I know, that's what I thought.
4: Mm, I think she just needs to get a new microphone on her laptop. To be fair, <laughs> but let's call it the breaking waves because we're still in that mood of a, uh, that mode. Sorry, of being enthralled to sound effects uh, after doing the BBC tour stuff. So, mm. um, basically, the destination of David and Josh is way off into the distance, isn't it? That actually, we've talked about this before. That David intrinsically doesn't trust Josh. His sensibilities are are very different. Uh, and, and one thing that I, I took away from last week with Josh talking about milking and the fact that, you know, he's been around cows very obviously since he was, you know, knee high, that actually he intrinsically does understand the farm, doesn't he? He does understand it. It's just that he is a businessman, inverted commas, you know, that he, he, he likes the cut and thrust of commerce. And that's what David doesn't trust.
5: And also, I think that uh, Josh reminds David of Kenton. And uh, David's transferred his
4: ambivalence to Kenton to Josh. I don't know about that because Kenton was never interested in the farm. And. Well, Josh
5: isn't really. He's just interested in making money out of it.
4: Mm, no, Josh is interested in making money, but he does understand the farm. And I suppose and, and maybe we need a Cosmo or a listener of an older vintage than me. But I'm guessing that Phil, uh, David's father, was upset with Kenton because Kenton never showed any interest in being a farmer. And the yeah. Kenton um, is part of the reason why Kenton then ran away to the Navy and then tra- travelled the world and stuff. He felt um, that he had to do this thing, was never really interested. And so there is some kind of link there, but I'm guessing, and again, Cosmo, please come and rescue me, or some somebody else who you can remember from the 60s and the 70s, that uh, the, the difference is, is that Josh does understand the farm, does, un- does know about milking, etc, etc. It's just that, He's got this other stuff, which is more important or at least as important for him. And it is all about tractors and whatever. So it's still agricultural, which isn't quite the same as Kenton, who just said, eh, not interested in this stuff. I'm getting out of here. And then there's all this angst with with Phil. I don't think that's quite, quite the same. I do love it. though. I, I absolutely do love it. And you can feel the 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 you know david bristle with just the very idea of josh in a way that as you've noted before he doesn't do with with pip
5: yeah you know.
2: yeah yeah uh
4: now i'm going to press this button and hopefully um this is the right caller
2: hello amy gilbert yes. coming at char hello. on the old uh old-fashioned uh telephonic device um i will try and keep this brief um but this is, te- this is kind of about the Archers, but not about the Archers, if that makes any sense. Ha ha. No, it is, really. Um, basically, it was about the Archers uh, extravaganza that was uh, a couple of weeks ago, two weeks yesterday, in fact. Um, I just wanted to say, again, how much I thoroughly enjoyed myself, and as uh, did Topsy, a.k.a. Louise. I don't think, Louise, you will be known as anything other than Topsy now. Thank you for that, Royce. Um no, seriously, I want to thank everybody that was involved in that and made me and Louise who uh, are completely blind just feel completely at home. Uh, Andrew Horn, Nancy Dickey, uh Christina, um who else? Other um Mary No, not is it Mary? Yeah. And uh, the other one. Uh Sean and Royfield and Lucy and Charlotte Martin and Kerry and everyone but anyway uh, honestly from the bottom of my heart i am so happy to be a part of this community and i love Aww. you all and it's half five in the morning and i'm going to go make a cup of tea now but anyway love you bye
4: we, bye. we, we love you more <laughs> we, we're so glad to have you as part of our community also uh amy and you are an integral part you come along to every live show that we do and, um, you know, it's one thing for people to come along to a live show, but you've got yeah. various hurdles to negotiate and you come yeah. all the way. Well, it's international travel. She comes from Scotland every time. Yeah. You know, so yeah. there is commitment. And then she brings brings a friend as well. And uh, and Topsy was lovely.
5: How is it your fault that Topsy's called Topsy?
4: Uh, that's her name on Twitter. Oh. So I just kept on calling her Topsy. And all she kept on right. correcting me saying, I do actually have a name. I said, do you, Topsy. <laughs> so yes she is now forever topsy okay Mm -hmm. uh where were we we were chatting about brookers and uh josh and his pops um yeah uh johnny johnny and josh and the milking parlor we did all of that we've literally (laughs) really done anything really worth really worth talking about last week haven't we oh the cider club
5: what the Can they just tell us what this sodding play is now?
4: Mm. But do you really want to know? Yes. Do you?
5: So I can start getting annoyed about it.
4: (laughs) You're already annoyed.
5: (laughs) It's like Christmas tick list, make pudding, get really annoyed about Ambridge Christmas show. (laughs) Tick, write Christmas cards, tick. Um, Yes. Mm. I just can't bear the secrecy. And it is absolutely bonkers that anybody would be signing up to do a play that they didn't, and they didn't know what it was. Hmm. It could be hair, and they all have to get their kit off or something. It's ridiculous. Yes.
4: It's not mm-hmm. going to be, though, is it? Because, we, because no, they kind of did radio, that a, bit pointless. a few years ago when everyone had to... Calendar yeah, cards, yeah. exactly. So, yeah.
5: Is that all the calls? Have we done them? Yeah, we have, yet. Oh, okay. Hmm. Should we do the social media now, then?
4: Uh, uh, you know what? Do you remember last what? week... When I talked about business wars, I didn't sell it correctly. Yeah. Okay, right? Um, because have you ever had a glass of Fanta? Yeah. Right. What did you Whoops. reckon to it? Never again. Only the ones. Nothing yeah. wrong with it, really. Ooh. Yeah. What is there to dislike about Fanta other than it's basically Nazi pop? I kid you not. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> <laughs> you you you're right not to like Fanta. So. So the story goes oh, loose. Is
5: that the name of your newest podcast? Nazi podcast?
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's going to be Map Corner. I'm still working out the details. That's another thing, right? I'm getting hate from left, right and centre, Mr. Yokel Bear, right? <laughs> Mr. Andrew Horn, M- Mr. Mr. Derek Fletcher, forward slash Greavesy. I'm, there's, this, there's this campaign to get rid of my beloved Map Corner and I, I, I care for it not a jot, right? But anyway, coming back onto business wars, right? So... Um, two significant things. When you think of Americana, Lucy, all right? Mm. Coca Cola's there, isn't it? It's a symbol of Americana.
5: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah.
4: Yep. Now, two things about the war. Um, Coca Cola. Basically, all the GIs go off, and Coke sales are like, plummeting. And Coke petitions the American government and says, "You know, what we need to do uh, give our boys a taste of uh, America." whilst they're fighting uh, the Germans and, and, the, and the Japanese, etc., give them all a, a glass of Coke, a bottle of Coke. And they petition hard and they say, and if we do this, no other soft drink can come anywhere near our GIs and whatever. So the whole idea of Coke being um, totally American, all things American, comes in the Second World War and it gives a massive market share when all those GIs come home and all they want to do is drink Coke pure marketing dressed up as patriotism. But interesting side story. Fanta um, came about because quite simply, uh, just before the Second World War, Coke starts having these bottling plants all over the world and it had a couple in Germany. War comes along and uh, Coca-Cola in the US has to disassociate itself from Coca-Cola in Germany so they get cut off from all the syrups and everything, you know, they're hardly going to be sending all this Coca-Cola ingredients over the Atlantic when we're at war with Germany. So the Germans are like, what the heck are we going to do? So they, uh, because of all wartime uh, deprivation and stuff, they don't have access to any good uh, syrup and stuff. So they literally get the the odds and the sods and the arse end of everything, throw it together. And make Fanta. And they call it Fanta. Exactly. No. Seriously. And
5: just dye it orange.
4: And it comes out a horrible brown colour at first off, right? And they go, well, you know what? This will have to do, right? So Fanta is as Nazi as a Volkswagen Beetle. Right. This is purely uh, the Germans being cut off from um, world kind of global sugar and syrup uh, trading. They throw everything together. The Germans have got nothing else to drink. They drink this Fanta. And then at the end of the war, they go, thank God for that. Coca-Cola takes over the bottling again and starts giving them Coke again. In the 1950s, somebody says, hmm, right, we need another brand to fight Pepsi. Let's have this Fanta thing back again. But the whole but the whole thing is that Fanta is the arse end of everything which could not be sold and drunk and they threw it all together. So it's
5: like the drink equivalent of a really cheap sausage. Exactly. That's
4: exactly what it is. It's carbonated sausage. <laughs> 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 Ooh, well, they're not listening, otherwise they'll sue us for live. Well no. You you really can't. Can't. sausages you you look because i had to wiki this after hearing it and it said and it says it's ersatz everything is what they made it out of because they couldn't get their hands on anything so when you drink fanta it's hitler's drink that's all i'm saying it's like to don't drink it lucy you're good well done for you for for spotting that it was horrible i will carry on not Not drinking drinking it. it yeah But I'm telling you, business rules, what a programme. It is very, very, very good. You learn loads. You learn loads. Anyway, all right, now... Considering we've just given Fanta a massive advert, or maybe we haven't actually, considering we said it's crap. I don't
5: think we've just described it as liquid sausage, so I don't <laughs> think we've got much
4: of
5: an advert, really. I don't think they'll be switching their strap lines.
4: Yes, you're probably right. Uh, let's come back the other side. If you're in the United States or, and uh, possibly the United Kingdom, you're probably going to hear an advert. If not, it's going to be straight onto a touch of the Yokel Bears.
6: Here's a cool fact.
1: stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
4: who has another go at me
3: everyone's having a go at me
4: this week anyway here's yokel beck
3: Hello Dumpty Dum, it's Yoko Bear here with the Social Media Roundup and I just want to say uh, what a wonderful time I had going up to Birmingham and meeting some of you lovely people. You're all absolutely lovely and had a whale of a time. But anyway, on with the Social Media Roundup. One of the things we've been talking about this week is Is Peggy bankrolling the entire village? Because <laughs> I mean, she seemed to be paying for anti cardboard stay at the Laurels. There was, the, was she going to be buying um, the farmhouse off of uh, Brian and Jenny? You know, is that going to happen? I don't know. Um, so we asked, Is she bankrolling the entire village? Well, poor Taylor has got a message directly for Peggy, which says, Peggy, if you're reading this, you've always been my favourite, and we need some new home kitchen appliances, please. Um, (laughs) Paul, aim higher. Aim higher. She's loaded. She's absolutely loaded. I reckon you might be able to get, you know, maybe a holiday in there as well. Bid high, that's what I say. Um, (laughs) Matthew Joseph Burt is a little suspicious, though. He says, Scambridge, Peggy has an angle, um, yeah. Do you reckon she is the? Um, she's the Ambridge Mafia. It's always the ones you least suspect, isn't there? Um, but also as well, um, a big hi to Pete Liggins because this was his first ever post on our Facebook page, and it was a really good one. Um he said, Hi all. first time poster after finding the podcast online. I thought Peggy had promised all her money to Tom when she dies and her house to Helen. She told everyone a few years back and it led to a big fallout with Pat and Tony that only got patched up when he was trampled by that bull Igor, was it? Igor? The scriptwriters have remembered. I'm looking, if the scriptwriters have remembered, I am looking forward to hearing Sausage Boy's reaction that his inheritance is being spent. Yeah, I think this is, because we've always said on Dumpty Dum, um, The Archers isn't just about what's happening now, it's about the inheritance, isn't it? It's about who's going to get what later on. Um, And I think there may be trouble ahead, thanks to Peggy. But we shall see. Also as well, my predictions normally completely wrong. Um, (laughs) We also talked about Josh this week. Josh and the hens. And Josh Josh in general. Um... It was, you know, whose side you want? Was Josh in the right? Is is Josh just awful? Well, it was interesting because um, Robin Winning said, David and Josh have a toxic relationship, but I am 100% Team Josh. He has drive, ambition, and David is doing everything in his power to keep him down. Josh needs to move to America and start an Uber for chickens or something. Well, that put a whole new slant on the joke. Why did the chicken cross the road? It didn't. It just called an Uber. Um, So, yes, I don't know, really. But Ruth Pearl said, What Josh did was wrong, a bad error. But I really dislike how David and Ruth react to Josh in comparison to how how they treat Pip. And this was a thing that really came out on this thread, which is... Yeah, okay, Josh has done something bad, it's wrong, you know, God rest the chickens. But, you know, they're really harsh on him, aren't they? Mm. Um, Hayley Stack said, I feel a bit sad for Josh when he told Jill. He did seem genuinely upset and I felt sorry for what he had done. Mm. And I have to say, I'm not sure why David was marching around the farm with a bag of chicken bits. Not really necessary. <laughs> yeah, I think he was just doing it for effect. Um, though Franklin Habits, and I think this might be one of my comments of the week, just simply said in this thread, I wish a fox would eat shula. <laughs> that did make me laugh, Franklin. Um, what else have we been talking about? Um... We talked a little bit about Jill and what she said at the end of the week with her um, saying, Look, we just need to support Liz, no matter how futile what she's doing, is we just need to kind of give her love and support. And we asked the question, Is she right? Now, Joanne Smith, I think this was a really insightful comment. Joanne, um, she said it's actually nice, uh, a nice change to hear someone in Ambridge listen to what a family member says they need, and try to fulfil that request. Too often, a character says, "I want X," and a well-meaning relative says, "No, you don't mean that. You really want Z," and for it upon the person who asks for mm-hmm. something completely different.
2: Yeah.
3: I don't think David etc. need to lie to Elizabeth. And say they agree with her, but they can make her feel supported by giving her a long list of solicitors they've talked to and the replies they've gotten. I think that's a really measured and great post there. I think that really got to the heart of the matter. But anyway, on to the big thing of the week... Board games. It, we had the most amount of comments about this because I posted the, um, the question, where do we all stand on board games? Because personally, I love them and I'm definitely a bit of a board game geek. Um, and also I posted it because it was quite a slow episode, really. I was struggling to know what to post. Well, it was interesting. First of all, I want a big shout out to Dan Heller because I didn't even know this existed. There is an Archer's board game. It's... Um, The Archers, a board game, and it's subtitled The Ambridge Action, Answering and Acting Game. Well, my letter to Santa this year, top of the list. So thank you, Dan, for bringing that to our attention. Um, Glim Fuller Love said, I like board games, just not on the radio. Yeah, you can't really get the the measure of them on the radio, can you? Really, um, our very own Andrew Horn said it depends on the game. I refuse to play Monopoly as it always ends in a round. Though I did love Escape from Colditz was um, just as happy being the guard or the escapee, we would make a game last for days over Christmas. Um, Yeah, so did us and our family. We used to play Escape from Cold It's God, we used to get it going on past Boxing Day sometimes. Um, (laughs) And, you know, like I said, my family likes a a good board game. Though Of course, there was that time that my mum insisted that she play, um, my elderly mother insisted that she play Cards Against Humanity with us. Yeah, I'm still kind of in therapy over that. Let's not talk about it. Um, Rhoda Humphreys also said, "'Board games were the cornerstone of my childhood "'and my my children's childhood.'" And even though they are uh, grown up, I still buy a new one every every Christmas. I'll be looking for Escape to Atlantis. Or maybe we should develop an Archers game. Escape from the Laurels. Or maybe Escape from the Young (laughs) Offenders Institution. Um, Yes. Well, it turns out there is one. But maybe we we need a Dumpty Dumbo game. Also, I'd like to take this opportunity to, to say something. An official apology. I did suggest in this post... That Royfield's map corner might not be the most interesting thing in the world. What <laughs> well it turns out the public opinion is against me. People love map <clears throat> corner. Oh
5: my god sake.
3: I, <laughs> I just don't get it myself. But anyway, if no. everyone feels happy, it keeps them off the streets. Anyway, that is the social media roundup for the week. Um, I think it was quite a quiet week in some ways in Ambridge. Um Maybe it'll be busier next week. I mean, we've, got, we've got to find out what Liz is going to do when, when that deadline happens. So let's see. Anyway, I'm off to play um, a game of Risk with my family. Um, I always lose this one. They always seem to take... Europe. Anyway, enough of this. Enough of board (laughs) games. We've digressed too much. So, uh, you have the lovely Millie Bell next week and so have a great week. Okay, bye. Lucy.
4: Yes. Why is everybody taking pot shots at my little map corner? Dare I say it, right, just before you answer, I kind of feel Mm. right, and I, I feel uncomfortable putting myself in this position but I feel like, you know those Brexiteers and they have been like really quite smug and then there's like, a, there's forever people saying we need a people's vote, we need a people's vote. We've had Andrew <laughs> Horne try and get people up on Twitter against Map Corner. Ditto Greavesy joined in and now on, on Facebook, we've got Yokel Bear trying to rile people up as well, but the people <laughs> keep speaking don't they? Why, why do people hate Map Corner? Because it's really boring
5: and it's on the radio, and we can't see what you're talking about. Isn't that the and point? No. Some people are map people, and some people are not map people. And I
4: am not a map people, so there oh, we are. You're not a map people, not a map person. Mm. Right. No, but, like, isn't it just a little bit? I know I know, it isn't necessarily funny, because I don't bring the jokes to, the, to this whole kit and caboodle, right? But isn't it just, it's the extra... In, eccentricity of the whole thing that's the whole point and so many people get it I can't believe the amount of, like, I get tweeted hashtag map corner with stuff all the time people get it it's just bonkers that is the point and it's not as if I push it down people's throats every week it's like once every six weeks yeah so why and everyone everyone goes oh. but not everyone <laughs> doesn't know there's a silent no. majority that...
5: I think the people that do go, Ugh, are the very articulate ones. That's what happens.
4: So are you saying that Witherspoon's not articulate? Because he sends me maps. What about Miriam? Does he?
5: <laughs> oh, dear, I take it back. Right,
4: Purple Pumpkin, <laughs> Celebrating Adam, Nissi, oh, Live don't Spirit, I I just Titian.
0: hate it. I'm Titian willing to accept that other people.
4: Dan Law, am... Catherine Rowan-Jones, uh... and Amelia. Like, they all <sighs> do it. Karen Cunningham.
5: Honestly, I don't mind about it because I just sit you sound here like and an check elitist. my elitist. I just ch- sit here and check my emails while you go whinging on about it. But it's when you try and make me involved and say try and guess which but country has the got the biggest concentration point, of yogurt pots or something. What is the whole point? That's the whole point.
4: Right. Okay. So, got this map, right? Mm. And it's from Dan you Lord. Can do it again from Dan Law, right? Yeah. Uh, Guess which country, is? it's a map of Europe and it's every country in the European Union is the best at, right? Right. So uh, which country has fewest divorces? So uh, best at keeping marriages going, I presume then. Germany. Ireland, got that wrong. Uh, Germany, Um, Germans are the happiest with employment. Okay, last one on this. Uh, which country has the lowest obesity rate? Japan. In the European Union?
5: Oh. Uh... Ooh.
4: Croatia. Good guess, France. Now, and then just very, 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 very last one. And this is, isn't this fun? Isn't this fun, no. Lucy? No, I'm
5: opening my post. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Which country in Europe has the lowest cocaine use?
5: Ooh. Exactly.
4: I thought that would pique your interest. France oh, again? No.
5: Okay.
4: Romania. Ah. There you go. That piqued your middle class interest, didn't it? Like Coke around the dinner table and all that. Anyway, so that it's, it's just lovely and fun, and it's going to be interactive. But you know what, though, right? My 52% of listeners... Right, we're going to swan off and have our own podcast called Map Corner.
5: Yay! When are you off? Don't let the door hit you up the arse on the way out.
4: (laughs) You know what? You'll miss us when we're gone. You really will. You really will. (laughs) So rude. Anyway, give us some tweets, will you?
5: Ah, yes. Where are we? Paul Salotti. Did I really just hear a dog fouling scene? Now that's radio. (laughs) Mm. John John 21. This Jill Josh conversation couldn't be less gripping if it were between a speak-your-weight machine and a (laughs) (laughs) sat-nav. Dominic Young. Poor Josh, but when life hands you dead chickens, start frying chips. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Underwood. It's an all-male one this week, by the way. Matt Underwood. That's to, to fit in with Royfield's um, misogyny. Matt Underwood, Tom's idea of flirting is sending a link to an article on orchard management. If there's any justice <laughs> in the world, he'll die alone. It's a bit harsh, Matt. And tweet of the week comes from Phil Robinson. <laughs> Here she is, Hannah, the archer's answer to Eva Braun. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's harsh.
5: Oh, dear. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's very harsh uh, Right folks um, Map Corner Got brought in a little bit early Because there's a concerted concert uh, con- Because there's a concerted Campaign against it folks Now if you are a cartophile like myself That's
5: what I was marching against you see When everyone else was doing the march for
4: Europe
5: <laughs> I was marching against Map I Corn. need
4: you to show your displeasure At these, uh, these heathens by, by hashtag map cornering me, even more maps. And boy, oh boy, uh, did I have a lot recently. We could just stop it. Sorry. Now, Dan Lord, um, you sent in a most excellent map, sir. All right, It's uh, absolutely fascinating. Lucy, guess what this is? It's a map of the world, right? And it tells you what plug is used in every country and it's color coded. Oh. Yeah. Oh, come on. You travel. You travel quite a bit. Right. So that's got to be of use to you. So, you know, that our good old fashioned British plugs. We can use them in China or the Sudan or Nigeria or Kenya, Uganda, Zambia, Zimbabwe and Malaysia or even Myanmar. And actually, I can confirm Malta. All right. But those silly American plugs, you can only use them in America, Canada, Mexico, uh, Peru, Colombia and Japan. And the Philippines. So thank you for that, Dan Lord. Awesome, practical, useful map. And people deride Map Corner and say, you know, no use comes out of it. Absolutely, really useful stuff does come out of it. Um, I'm just quickly looking through my list. You, do, i tell you what you get, Lucy. You get, if somebody sends in like a popular map, All right, then you get two or three people uh, sending it in. And there's a couple around this theme. Now, Bly Spirit sent in the map of procrastination. So mountains of distraction, lake of coffee break, social media forest, online shopping, (coughs) coving. So you're laughing. I heard that. No. Sudden urge to do Laundry Valley, that type of thing. So thank you for that, uh, Bly Spirit. And... um, I did also get that from somebody else as well, because um, that was just like really kind of quite good and funny. Uh, Catherine Rowan-Jones, who we know is a linguist, she speaks many languages, sent in a great map showing the world's most popular common languages and where they are spoken, but by the size of the uh, speakers of that language. And of course, we know that uh, we just kind of presume that English is the most common uh, language in the world and actually isn't it's uh, kind of Chinese with it's Mandarin or, or, or Cantonese and stuff so uh, thank you for that Catherine um, now there was uh, there's also oh yes and then from Witherspoon sent in the indigenous peoples of North America I like that I've got a soft spot for 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 the indigenous peoples of North America being in part one myself uh, and uh, Titian And uh, Aurora, Fanny Pants and Blythe Spirit also sent in the uh, Itchy Feet map, which is every European city, which has its uh, postcardy old town bit, its uh, World War II Memorial Avenue, hipster home of brickworks, all that kind of stuff, which uh, Blythe Spirit and I entered into a little bit of a backwards and forwards about that because me saying, "Mm, it's not quite Birmingham because we don't do bridges and stuff and whatever. But anyway, folks, what i am going to do and i'm speaking to um i'm speaking to a new podcast host about this uh, i am going to do map corner the podcast and it's going to be somewhat different in that you the listener will be able somewhat similar to uh, to, to Dum, you'll be able to get on your phones and uh, and talk about an interesting map or ge- geographic anomaly that you've seen. And then the whole idea is is that they'll automatically just go on the show um, through this little, little bit of tech. And then each week I'll take out one map and then speak to an expert about why um, this map is unique or special. And actually yeah. the first one, Lucy, is so somebody sent me a map some time ago about Papua New Guinea. And Papua New Guinea is um, very unique in that it's a relatively small country, but it has the most amount of indigenous languages. I think there's over a thousand different languages spoken in Papua New Guinea. So I sent uh, an email a couple of weeks ago to uh, the Papua New Guinean consulate uh, to get a speak and they're sorting me out somebody who can talk to me about why wow, are so many languages in Papua New Guinea so that will be uh, the subject of the first episode uh, there'll be one expert talking about Papua New Guinea and its linguistic diversity uh, which we will show on map form and the whole point is with map corner is that to talk about maps on a podcast is somewhat ridiculous and that's the whole point and it's eccentric and it's very English and <laughs> to you Lucy right now (laughs) dummdydum.com go there it's got a shop it's awesome (laughs) right (laughs) and occasionally does actually work Uh, the forum's got a little smattering of life let's keep it going Uh, why don't you say some other stuff um uh what uh you can talk about Patreon or oh
5: yes you can sponsor us on Patreon for about $2 a week uh and you pay at the end of the month so it doesn't come out every week which would be quite annoying um and then it means that we can pay to keep doing this thing because um, all our technology collapses on a daily basis and Royfield spends inordinate amounts of time trying to fix it all at once, uh, which is like rushing around trying to nail jelly to a wall at the moment. So, yes, if um, if any of you could help with a bit of cash, that would be gratefully received. Thank you.
4: And I just want to say... Um... Next week, we will go through people who have written reviews in the last six months. There was a time back at the start. Do you remember, Lucy, the good old days? Do you remember in the good old days when we actually used to like each other? Right. We actually yeah. were quite warm toward, towards each other. We mm. didn't just like continually just like uh, communicate via WhatsApp. We actually look, pick up the phone and go, hello,
5: how are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's only because WhatsApp happened not been invented <laughs> That's true. That, it's such a invented. long
4: time just ago. <laughs> Uh, But we used to uh, say to people, write reviews and we used to give a massive long list of them at the start of of each show. Um, Now we just kind of relegate that to uh, the end of the show, maybe like three, four times a year. But we've got quite a few people to thank. And Jezebel, you're going top of that list. You're going to be thanked first, uh, Jezebel. But no, seriously, folks, uh, please write us a review on Apple iTunes, because that way we get more people to uh, listen to the show. It helps our Algorithmic rankings on that platform. Now, you don't have to be a member of iTunes to write a review, though. Quite simply, all you do is you just go on, just, 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 just sign up, and then you just write a review. Um, however, um, if you are allergic to all things Apple. What you can do is write us a review and a pod catcher of your, char- of your choice if it's overcast or whatever the heck you use or Stitch or whatever. But please write us a review because it does help more people to find the show. Now, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, which is com. You call Or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a message on social media, specifically Twitter. You can find me where I am at Royfield. Lucy can be found at. Lucy V. Freeland. And collectively together with Yokel Bear and with Robert, uh, we are at Dumpty Dum. And of course, you can find us on Facebook.
5: Can I read you today's comedy headline from The Mirror? You know, last week it was about the bucket Oh, yes, please. People. This today's is, Woman popped her stitches after smelling rancid chicken breasts brought to Iceland.
4: (laughs) That is good. That's all levels of genius. Have you ever thought of writing for the mirror?
5: (laughs) There's no way I could, that level of fiction, I could, there's no way I have the imagination. But there is such a
4: fine line, isn't there? Because when you get to the star and the sport, then they're not funny. Yeah. It's just like, it's yeah. just totally ridiculous. That,
5: yeah. That's like aliens land on the yes. moon, whatever. Yeah. No, not aliens. Or was it oh, something was supposed to land on the moon? Was it David Bowie or something? Mm. I can't remember. Yes. Or Princess Diana spotted on the moon or something like that. Mm. Uh, yes. Um, no, the f- the funny ones are the ones that are t- try and be po-faced about it. Such as? Well, like the mirror.
4: I oh think. yes, sorry. Mm. Uh, so I think we're at the end of the show, and it's the time where a lot of people actually say it's better than the main body of the show, Lucy, because they say that actually, um, you know, the presenters let their hair they're down. The
5: people that don't actually like the answers so <laughs> quite what this for, I don't no, they'll know. They'll sit through an
4: <laughs> whole hour. I was chatting about it just to get to the bit where I go. Any passing shots, Freeman? <laughs> I haven't really. Me either. Because I've done my thing about about Nazi pub. Um, Yeah. Tell you what they are doing on Business Wars at the moment. It's Napster versus the music industry. But We're only two episodes in. Um, But so far, so good. Um, Are you listening to Lexicon Valley? No, you, you know what? You, of all people, because you work with words and you understand I them, know. you've really got to go. Seriously, Lucy, apart from the fact that you absolutely learn stuff, is such an engaging host.
5: Oh, I have a, I have a, sorry, this isn't a sat-nav, this isn't a sat-nav thing. And he plays play so t- play but...
4: show tunes all the time as well. Very, it is. No, I would that. Yeah,
5: seriously, listen to um... Um, if anybody is short of something to listen to at the moment, they want an audiobook recommendation mm-hmm. and Mich- Michelle in New York, I am looking at you now, um, download, go to aud- audible.com. Audible hopes you've enjoyed this audio. <laughs> um, download, um, map and Lucia. Uh, oh, there's a series of six books read by Miriam Margolis and they are absolutely brilliant. Uh, they're, the books are by E.F. Benson they've just been made into a drama se- they were made into a drama series here a couple of years ago not drama, it's a comedy series um, but you would love if you love Ambridge and you love P.G. Woodhouse and stuff like that then you would love uh, Map and Lucia the first book is Miss Map and it goes on from there um, it's just wonderful and Miriam Margoli's reading is absolutely spot on And I say that as a card-carrying member of the EF Benson Society because that is the kind of rock and roll chick I am.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just any other business, uh, folks. I am meeting Nick today and Nick is the person who put the idea in Lucy and I's noggin about going up to Brum to do Dumbly Dumb Live. Uh, Nick is the manager, the boss of Birmingham Town Hall and we're putting in a date uh, next year for there to be uh, number two, version two of, uh, of, of the Archer's weekend. So um, listen out for that date, if not next week, the week after. Uh, we're going to put it in super early because we want as many people as humanly possible to come. So you can plan your whole family holidays in and around, stress on the word around, uh, the Dum Dum Weekend, so you can get up and come and that'd be awesome oh and, and i i even spoke to angela barnes yesterday and she's gonna come up Did and you? she's gonna she's gonna do something yeah she'll 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 she'll, oh, she'll cool. interview somebody uh for us uh you know a, a celeb or something or another Or i do love her um she says hello by the way and she just her and a chap are buying buying, a flat.
1: buying a flat
4: um she just uh she's writing a sitcom and she's just finishing up with her radio four extra show. That's been really good this year, and she sounded in fine fettle. Yes, right. On that note, I think we should uh, say goodbye because I, as always, have nothing more to say. I've done my maps. I've asked people to write reviews, and that's me done. I will edit this, put it up, and we'll release another Dummy Dummy into the wild.
0: Awesome! Hit stop.
5: I like the idea of it releasing it into the wild. That's good.